0: everybody. Hello. Welcome
1: back. Welcome back to Hi. Applebee's.
0: Welcome back. Welcome back. I thought Could I we interest were at
1: Chili's, you? but okay. Yeah. No, we're at Applebee's. Chili's I- be damned. We are at Applebee's.
2: I can make Applebee's work. So today we are
0: here to talk about not Russ's favorite dining restaurants <laughs> as opposed to swimming restaurants. I don't know why. I- yeah, I do like to swim. <laughs>
1: I like to swim at Applebee's. <laughs>
0: We're here today to talk about Dragon Quest We are here
1: to talk about Dragon Quest 4 slash Dragon Dragon Warrior Warrior 4.
0: The Warriorist. Chapters of the Chosen.
1: Electric Boogaloo. I don't know.
0: So uh, we'll go ahead and try and pull ourselves together by diving into personal history.
1: So we're back to my personal history. I feel like you should just put like a notation on the episodes that's like Russ's personal history is he played this game when he was a child, and now he has played it again. But do you have any notable memories as an adult? from playing I it as a child? Don't really. I so I've probably said this before, but my first RPG was Final Fantasy two, and then I went back and played a lot of pivotal nes rpgs after that so i played this i bought this with my allowance and played this after um final fantasy 2
0: see that's all you have to yeah. do yeah
1: and it was good and it was good like i was a weird kid who thought the nes rp i don't know it, it is a good rpg i don't even know what i'm saying you have to edit all this out because i'm having <laughs> like an aneurysm <laughs> right now freedom for Red ukraine <laughs>
0: We are counting on my post-editing
1: ability too much. (laughs) Okay. I can do that. I'm sorry. Just
0: edit all that out. See, you did a personal history segment. We're so proud. Chris, do you have personal history with Dragon Quest IV? Redacted.
2: No. um, Yes, I do. When I was uh, 17 or 18 and I had my first job, uh, a video game store opened up in the very, very tiny town where I worked. And it uh, wasn't even the one I lived in. I lived in an even smaller town that had nothing to work in. So anyways. Uh, Same. Because I'm a bumpkin. But Same. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so this place opened up. Uh, you know, this guy just opened up a little store. And I went in. And one of the things that he had was all four of the Dragon Quest games on NES. Just right there. And Dragon Quest IV included the box. And I remember distinctly that he was charging $120 for all four of them. And I was like, Sold. And that was the first video game purchase I made with like an actual job paycheck. Wow! And uh, so I've had those games for more than half my life, and uh, yeah, Dragon Quest IV actually uh, it took me a while to beat it because I was very good at collecting and buying games, but not great at playing through them. But uh, I started Dragon Quest Friday on my Twitch stream years ago, and played through all four of the original NES ones. In fact, I'm on eight now, so nice, uh, that's a lot. This is a game that I have owned for many years and actually beaten, so hooray.
1: Hooray. Hooray.
2: So it's actually the second
0: Dragon Quest game I ever played. I got the first Dragon Quest from Nintendo Power, because that was a thing they were doing. Mm -hmm. Sign up for for a prescription. We send you Allegra (laughs) and Dragon Quest. Sign up for a subscription, and you get a free copy of Dragon Quest, because nobody's buying it. And Nestor's funky bowling. Oh, Nestor. (laughs) Who was Nestor's sidekick? Howard. Howard yeah. and Nestor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I played the first Dragon Quest, and then I didn't touch a Dragon Quest again until much later in life. I actually borrowed a copy of this on the DS from a friend of mine named Russ. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. I was playing it in Oklahoma while my friend Princess was interviewing with the JAG Corps at some base in Oklahoma. Hmm. And I really enjoyed it. I, I call myself a Dragon Quest fan. What I really am is I'm a fan of Dragon Quest 4+. Plus.
1: Like DS remake of four plus.
0: (laughs) I do. I've never touched the NES version. Uh, I've only done the DS version. It is what I I played here. I still
1: have that cart with your save file on it. So if you ever want, I know you didn't do the bonus chapter six. So if you ever want it back to complete that, just know that I still have your save. And
2: that is friendship. On my right on my Dragon right.
1: Quest 4 DS card.
2: I guess I should have said as well, yeah, I actually played for the DS remake on a pirate cart on the DS. Wow. Car. But I actually ended up buying it myself, and thank God I did, because it's like, five hundred dollars now or something
0: yeah. oh yeah the Dragon quest games are ruinously expensive yeah, yeah. yeah
2: I, I was fortunate enough to be obsessed with the series more than 10 years ago which means that i got every single game that came out in the u.s and uh and did not pay very much for them
0: i bought yeah. the seven and eight when they came out on the 3ds and uh i'm glad i did cause... see i
1: missed oh, yeah. seven i've oh, never no. played seven
2: Seven on the 3DS is actually my favorite one so no. far. Well, but the ten I've beaten. You will get your chance. I know. I mean,
1: someday I'm gonna have to. But I'm just saying, okay. I don't. I don't have seven on the 3DS. I have eight.
2: I, I have might seven. lend it to you on the 3DS, and then I'll play the PlayStation version. Okay. And either of y'all can download it for now. Yeah. Not by the time this episode comes out.
0: That's not legal.
2: No, I mean, you can buy it and download it from the eShop. Yeah, the eShop oh. is going away. It's still there. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh. <laughs> I did forget about the eShop. Yeah. The only eShop games that I have are Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. <laughs> so I have a lot. I forgot there I, were other games. Like I have a here. lot because
2: podcasts I've, I've reviewed a lot. So Okay. Uh, let's,
0: let's go ahead and move into story and characters before we begin a Phoenix Wright discussion.
1: Let's just move into a Phoenix Wright discussion. <laughs> I played the first half of great ace attorney chronicles oh you're clicking your paper again
0: monsters are rising up across the land whispers of a dark lord of the underworld are spreading and it's up to a diverse cast of characters to fight evil in their own little ways before joining up to save the world
1: I like the idea of fighting evil in your own little ways. I feel like we do that every day in the United States of America. Well,
0: I feel like we at this table might be doing that Uh, in America. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I'm not sure that America as a whole. So as the subtitle of this game, Chapters of the Chosen, may tell you, it is a chapter structure to the game, Mm -hmm. although it's like, for the four or five brief chapters, and then just
1: yeah.
2: the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it's four what would you call it prologues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, essentially, it was
1: confusing uh, as a kid that I that you name because you name your hero and like you do in a Dragon Quest game, and you pick male or female, which you can do in this game, and then you start as. Ragnar. Ragnar. Yeah. <laughs> Just a knight in purple armor. And you're like, who is this person? I and thought it was little, pink.
2: His little friend named Healy. Purple cape,
1: pink armor, yeah. It depends
2: right. on which version you're... Well, it's it's pink, but, like, if you look at the NES version, it's, like, pink. Yeah, yeah. Like, real pink. <laughs> it's pink. Pink.
1: <laughs> and Healy. And Healy. Good old Healy.
2: Love Healy.
0: Uh, So, th- I... Again, I only played this on the DS version, so I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of corrections from Russ. Well, actually, on I mean, but for me, I, I feel can't like wait. <laughs> this game really sets the template for the rest of the Dragon Quest series in a lot of ways. I feel like there's a big difference between three and four and four mm-hmm. becomes like the model of this is a Dragon Quest and we're going to build on this for the future games,
2: yeah, it's um, it's what's considered the beginning of the Zenithian mm-hmm. trilogy, mm-hmm. which has to do with you know the the up in the sky yeah place they, with the dragon. They share a heaven and hell. Yeah, exactly. And they, it's such a thing in four that five and six, it's not as much part of their plot, but they like they refer to it like reverently, like they like, oh, remember four, remember this <laughs> stuff. Yeah. They have 5 and 6 are like that all the time even though 5 is i think the the runaway everyone's most important dragon quest in oh, Japan. Absolutely. Yeah, 5 5
0: is the best of this trilogy. Uh, 4 is great. Yeah, six is really great. 6?
1: Yeah. Well, 6 goes back to a more traditional structure after they did different I th- things. I think 5 is the five.
2: best if you're playing the remakes. Uh, but it 5 was very held back on the SNES, I, I think. Or the the Super Famicom, rather. I, I enjoyed 4 more, to be honest. But.
0: And one thing I noticed when I was playing through this... There is never a point in the game where you're not sure what you're supposed to do next or where you're supposed to go mm-hmm. next. The game does a very excellent job of, and that's new in the Dragon Quest series yes. up to this point. Yeah, yeah. Where nice. the game is very clear, like, gosh, there have been attacks to such and such town northeast of here. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> now right. I know where to go next. Exactly. The game takes, on average, about 30 hours. Sure. <laughs> me 30, a- 30 to
2: 74 it- it nope. is a dragon quest with a casino, so always add about ten hours on that for me. I save scummed my way through the casino.
0: Russ was what? Wa- <laughs> Russ was sitting it it as is. I was doing it.
2: Everyone does. This just you can either save scum it or you can like you know save it and in and reset and blah blah blah. Like you know, the slow save scum, but that's yeah, that's yeah. the way to get through it.
1: <laughs> or you can hate gambling and not do it. Ugh. So um.
0: let's go ahead and move into Probably the most boring topic for a Dragon Quest we game at this didn't point. did talk
1: about the characters oh, at all. Oh, uh, you're right. We I'm did sorry. not talk about... I'm sorry. We did not talk about Tornico Taloon. There you go. Let's talk characters. You're absolutely right. Mercy. We talked about Ragnar and his pink armor. Yeah, Ragnar the warrior. And then you the were warrior. just like, let's shuttle away. I apologize. <laughs> absolutely. How can you talk about Dragon Quest IV and not talk about Taloon?
2: Tell us about Taloon.
1: Taloon. Is the best character in this game.
2: (laughs) I would actually even I would dedicate like the innovation section to him. Oh yes,
1: yeah. We'll talk about him more in innovation. But he is a merchant. He is a he is a
2: a family man.
1: He's a family man. He is an ambitious father and husband Uh, who works at a weapon shop and he wants to own his own weapon shop. And by golly, he is going to go out on an adventure and he is going to get his own weapon shop. And he can throw sand in enemies' faces. <laughs> he can do a little dance.
2: He can trip and fall onto and them. He I think. can, yeah. yes.
1: Um, he is He is fantastic. He is the star of Chapter 3.
2: And two full spinoff games, at least. Yeah. Three, I think it's. is the, No? Four? How many Tornico games are there? Well, there's two that I have.
1: Oh, I had, I didn't know there was more than one. Oh, so. one
2: came out in the US, but there was yeah. a Super Famicom one. It's actually the very first mystery dungeon style game mm-hmm. that, you know, when, Shirin the Wanderer came out it's Japanese title is Shirin the Wanderer 2 because it's a mystery dungeon 2 because (laughs) the first one was Tornico. very nice so uh yeah yeah exactly and and Chocobo and whatever yeah uh, I feel like we're forgetting about Mina and Maya. We're not. We're just we on Torneco for a minute.
1: Torneco Taloon
2: deserves. He needs some time. A lot of yes. Um, but yeah, he got his own like series of spin off games. At least three that I know of. I think there was a 3DS game too, but I might be completely wrong. And yeah, uh, like those are mystery dungeon style games where he goes in, to, into dungeons so he can stock his store. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah, he to...
1: he is great. We we also have Mina and Maya, or if you're playing the NES version, Mara and Nara. Yeah, and they are sisters who live in a the desert. They live in Vegas, basically. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Um, and they are Maya is a dancer, and Mina is a fortune teller. Yeah, one's
0: a an uptight, prim and proper fortune teller, and the other's an exotic dancer. Which is
1: weird <laughs> because if you think about the occupations of dancer and fortune teller, it's like maya is just hustling as a dancer but mina is like ripping people off <laughs> she's like well, but let if me people t- complain
0: her s- sister the exotic dancer can turn into a dragon yeah that's true she can turn into a dragon <laughs> she just has that it, ability
2: and yeah that's that's a little bit of you know in the original they aren't quite so distinct from each other or have that much special going on for them so i think they've really enjoyed a, a bit of a glow up in the remake. Yeah.
1: And then there's They
2: also gave nationalities in the English translation. Yes. Ragnar
0: is very Scottish.
1: Yeah, Ragnar is Scottish and Mina then Maya our like Eastern. Middle Eastern Talun
0: is Talun is uh Cockney.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then and then there's Princess Elena. Uh, sorry. Who is Zarina. Russian. Zarina. Yeah. It's Elena and she is the Zarina of a Russian yeah. sort of kingdom which is not holding up right now yeah um she's russian
0: along with her mage and her uh priest
1: yeah the court magician and then the priest he's a priest he's a priest in training who is also in love with her which is not going to work out well (laughs) for him Um, especially
2: because he's not useful enough to keep around once he joins your party permanently
1: (laughs) so yeah so it's a it's a it's It's an eclectic cast, and it uses the chapter system. So you play through the four chapters of the lives of of all of these people. What's interesting before you meet the hero, to
0: me. And we'll we'll do this when we do our like nine game roundup that we always do. Mm -hmm. But so Dragon Quest traditionally has silent protagonists, Mm -hmm. and in this game, it's still silent protagonists when they are the protagonist. Right. Yeah. But in other chapters, you can run into these heroes Mm -hmm. again, and they will talk to you. And it's very strange, because it's like, (laughs) I just spent three hours being that guy, and he did not say a word. And Mm -hmm. now he's talking up a storm. Mm -hmm. What the hell?
2: Yeah. I'm trying to remember another game that does that, because there is another game that does that, like an early on one. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I like it, though. And yeah, your hero really never has any lines, because that's the stand-in for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the main
0: philosophy behind the silent protagonist. Are there any other characters we're missing?
1: I mean, there's all the characters that temporarily join you, but I mean those are the main characters of the story and the the villain the main villain sorrow sorrow the man sorrow Slayer. the Manslayer. <laughs> he
0: can get it as he is known in
1: the ds version he was just when he transformed he was necro sorrow in the nes version but in the ds version and and further updates he is sorrow the Manslayer, which is what russ was known as in college and he kind of can get it he's an elf guy and in his like regular elf form when he doesn't have like six arms and <laughs> <laughs> looks like a bug. Um, yeah, he can he can kinda get it. He's one so- of the
2: most like when you see when you fight that final battle in the nes version and he starts transforming into other monsters oh, you're like so good. oh this is absolutely akira toriyama yeah. whereas <laughs> you, it's hard to see his style like in the you're, very you're, first dragon quest yeah. but then like that thing starts transforming you're like oh this is dragon ball yeah that could be right out of dragon
1: ball <laughs> yeah star of the man's Lair could be right out of Dragon exactly. Ball. exactly that
0: final like... battle, uh, maybe it should be under, I don't care. The final battle of this game is so good. Mm-hmm. Because as you're fighting him, you're like breaking off pieces of him. And then he starts growing new pieces. The guy's got, I, I'm not even sure if I wrote down the number, but it's something like seven phases. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Or it's a lot. 14 phase. It's some ridiculous number of phases. Whereas usually in boss it's two to three.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But at this point... But he's Sorrow the Manslayer. When you're fighting
0: the Manslayer, you have no idea when he's in his final form, Mm -hmm. because you keep seeing it change, and you're just like, I just gotta keep hitting him with everything I have, and Uh hope eventually he dies.
1: Once his, like, face comes out of his torso, you're like, he's really going through some stuff right now.
0: (laughs) I got what i it's one of my favorite experiences to have with an emboss fight it doesn't always happen but when i played through it this time i got it was one of those i threw everything i had at him all of a sudden i'm out of mp i'm out of healing items so now people are just doing attacks and when they die they're just gone it <laughs> came down to the hero and i'm just like i am going to die i am going to die killed him on the last turn i had Nice. because his next attack would have killed me. I love those victories when it comes down to the wire.
1: I guess your horse could have fought.
0: <laughs> so, let's go ahead and move into the combat system. Now that we I'm sorry, addressed... we didn't
1: talk about Primrose the horse. I'm just kidding. I don't. Her name is Primrose though. She's a good horse. She's a good horse. She's a very good horse. <laughs> she's not she's not a she's not a princess that's been turned into a horse. No. Or anything no, like no, no, that, no, no.
2: She is a she is an actual horse. She's an actual horse. Of course. Um, of course. Of course. <laughs> of course,
0: of course. You guys don't want to talk about like Hank, the temporary party member yeah, Hank. <laughs> Hank.
1: Hector. He was Hector, I believe, in the NES version. I think so,
2: yeah. Mm hmm.
1: I play, then, we should probably also say that I did play the NES version what, to okay, review yeah. this so that we would have I played compared,
2: both, but only beaten the NES version. Compare and contrast. Um, I,
0: I've only played the DS version, okay. but I love it.
2: And I also love Healy because he joins Ragnar as just like this temporary second character that just heals you automatically. He's
0: also optional. You don't have no, to you get don't Healy. To, yeah, mm-hmm. you don't have to get
2: Healy. And he's but a heal slime. He's a heal slime. Yeah. He's an actual monster that joins you, which is great because that's, I think, the first time that happens in the series. And it comes back back a lot uh, afterwards yeah.
0: and he dreams of being a human. he dreams a- of Gooman. being
2: a human. well he says human in the original but, but i love the the slime puns but yeah he <laughs> dreams of becoming a human one day and then you meet him later as the hero and he has become a human and never explains how or why.
0: <laughs> he's just a bard now
2: yeah he's yeah. just a just a guy now and he's like hey i used to be a slime and i helped this guy called ragnar or something you know he was like very matter-of-factly do you think he's gonna join you again or something but no no i just i just love healy's little arc that is none of our business <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, fi- yeah, I finally true. became a real boy <laughs> yeah exactly like well okay how'd you do that shut up yeah no. yeah that doesn't matter
0: <laughs> okay now really combat system
1: <laughs> But what is there to say about the combat system? I mean, come on. It's so, a Dragon Quest game.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is the. Typically, when I'm describing these games, because we don't show visuals on a podcast, you know, I, I start with either Final You're welcome, Fantasy, which is everyone. Side-by-side. Nobody needs to see this face. The, it's either the Final Fantasy, which is the side by side, or it's the Dragon Quest, which is first person facing the monster and you don't necessarily see your party Mm -hmm. and of course that's what this is it Mm -hmm. is it has not changed a lot
1: i did want to point out that in the version that you played you have the option to set up tactics for your party members or control them directly yes in the NES version you only get to control the characters that are the main characters of the chapter that you are on which means that in chapter five the majority of the game You can control the hero
0: and nobody else. I hate that in games when I can't control the whole party.
1: So that is when Taloon starts throwing sand in people's faces or doing all the things that he does. That is also when Christo starts casting the (laughs) insta-death skills over and over and over again even though they have almost no chance of working and it's like wasting his, his turn. It's
2: like his romance with Alina. It's just not going right. to happen, dude. It will
1: never happen. Just you stop keep it. doing it.
2: It's yeah. not going to work. <laughs> yeah.
0: It is interesting that from basically here on out in Dragon Quest games, the main character, the hero, is one of the best healers in the game, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is interesting because in terms of Final Fantasy, right, it's always the girl white mage over there. Mm-hmm. That, you know, that, that's our he, he healer versus our hero. Dragon Quest just goes, no, the hero's also a healer. Yeah. That's just how we're doing it.
1: I don't we, know of any other games that do that.
0: Earthbound.
1: That True. was a joke, but thank oh. you. That's exactly what I was going for, <laughs> is is making Jeff say that.
0: It is but uncommon.
1: It is uncommon.
2: It is uncommon,
0: yeah. Uh, I, grinding in Dragon Quest games feels less like a burden to me because I love games that have, like, a grind monster that you mm-hmm. look for like
1: ooh Uh-oh. this
0: place Uh-oh. has got metal slimes i'm oh, going to yeah. hang out here for a minute especially since metal slimes tend to run away mm-hmm. uh, it's it's, a a, it's an accomplishment to kill a metal slime so it all of a sudden you're already playing a game but it's like a game within a game of trying to kill these metal slimes 50 of the th- 7 seven of them will show up and he'll be like, please just let me kill two. Just If I could just mm-hmm. kill two, that would be amazing. <laughs> I love games that have, like, that's your farmable. Yeah. Earthbound had foppies and criminal caterpillars. Right. Um, the Dragon Quest series has its metal
1: family of slimes. Yeah. I also just like the monsters in Dragon Quest games. I mean, obviously it's become a whole franchise called Dragon Quest Monsters, but in the same vein as Earthbound. Like it's fun just seeing what monsters you'll run into in different territories and also so cute. It's it's
2: kinda nice uh to play through the series like itself because you get to see like a few new monsters but a lot of mm-hmm. old monsters.
0: <laughs> and it's interesting whenever a unique monster from a previous game kind of shows its, shows up again, mm-hmm. either as a more common enemy or still as that unique monster. Yeah. I thought, because I noticed when I played through it this time, I beat the game at level 35, which feels like a very low number to beat a
2: game at. It's pretty good for Dragon Quest, yeah, mm-hmm. actually. You hardly ever reach past, like, 40 yeah. in any of them, I think. But Even like- seven, which is, like, over 100 hours minimum. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 7 is 7 is a whole thing. Oh yeah, yeah. But let's go ahead and move into something we can talk about, innovations.
2: Well, chapter based for 1 in a game right. in 1990. Yeah.
0: Yeah. True. This is going to be one of those things where you guys are going to have to correct me for NES versus mm-hmm. DS, but
2: many metal c- collecting? No, no. They brought that for the first time in five, I think?
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: There are temporary guest party members. Mm-hmm. We mentioned one of them, Hank something or other. Mm-hmm.
1: You, well, Hank Hoffman Jr. Yes. is his name <laughs> in the <laughs> DS Hank, Hank Hoffman
0: Jr., who creates a city. Mm-hmm. Yep that you can then recruit people in the world to join your city, kind of like Breath of Fire 2. Um, Although the problem is that is largely geared towards using the DS Street Pass system, Uh which doesn't (laughs) exist anymore. So a chunk of that gameplay is just missing. Yeah. But I do like the idea of building your own city and recruiting characters from the world to migrate to your city and bring their skills or their shops or whatever. I, mm-hmm. I like that. So it's fun to have that in this game. I
1: find it to be superfluous nonsense. But, yeah. Um, There's I, nothing I wrong it with it. the occasional I'm glad that you superfluous enjoyed it. nonsense. Yeah. Everybody, I'm not going to yuck anybody's yum. It's
0: the first time in the series where all the party members have personalities.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Very true. Three was generic, and two. I mean, who cares about the princess of Moonbrook? To yeah,
0: be honest. they didn't have personalities; they had they, names. They
2: don't even have consistent names. It's different yeah. every time you play a new game.
0: <laughs> well, no. The, Russ told us it's there's some kind of formula well, yeah, whereby
1: there's a yes. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a way that you can like name list. your hero in a certain way, and then you'll get certain names.
2: But <laughs> then your hero's name is there's a, there's
1: literally like an FAQ about how to get the names Sweet. for the characters Sweet. in Dragon Warrior 2 interestingly in the ds version the characters would have even more personality and do in the japanese version because you have that party talk system from oh. like eight and six and five in the english version it was cut Dang. so they did not translate any of the party talk in the ds version but they did do it in five and six
2: and i i loved the party talk eight. in seven eight was pretty good too because i love the characters in eight so much yeah. but anyway this game
0: Angelo. Also <laughs> begins the tradition of after game content. Mm-hmm. After you beat Very the game, true. there is more story. And it's a significant story in this case. It gives redemption to the character of Sorrow. Well, if you're the talking Manslayer. about I mean that's in the
1: DS version. Yeah. If you're talking about chapter 6.
0: Well, it's what I played. So it yeah, I am played. talking yes. about it. That's true. You actually you can recruit Sorrow during the, that mm-hmm. after game content. Interesting.
1: That's when he can get it. <laughs>
0: and he does and he does i
1: also liked the the even in the nes version i liked the whole story about like rose Mm -hmm. the elf that cried the ruby tears Mm -hmm. and i remember being a kid and being like genuinely sad because you can go to an inn in a certain town and you have dreams about rose the elf that cried the ruby tears and they're like these men that have like kidnapped her and they're like beating her to force her to cry so that they can get rubies. And it was so sad. It was so sad. And then later and you meet her and she's locked in a tower.
2: With what we had available on the NES at the time, I mean that was unheard of. Yeah, that
1: was an outstanding story for an NES game. Yeah,
0: It was, it's very rare in JRPGs, well I don't want to say very rare, it is uncommon to have the sympathetic antagonist. Mm-hmm. Like, sorrow is coming from a place we can understand. It's not just I must rule the world. Mm-hmm. It's, right. I've encountered these evils in the hearts of yeah. men, and so men must die. I mean, there
1: was a reason that Sorrow the Manslayer wanted to slay men. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah
2: he's so, no Hargon. it's just no. like.
0: Whereas a lot of JRPG <laughs> <laughs> villains are just mustache twirling. I must mm-hmm. destroy the world. Yeah, that, that's Hargon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and whoever is in three, I don't even remember anymore. I beat the game, and I don't remember.
1: Yes, three is just I am Zoma, and oh, I am... that's right. want to take
2: over the world because i have the dark world and i want the light world (laughs) right okay whatever i I do somewhat remember i only remember kind of how the fight went which is it went way better in four the zoma was not the the boss was not the point of three the the oh my god moment
1: of three was going to the world from the first game and finding out you're the legendary hero oh yeah so it had its mind-blowing yeah Yeah, but it just wasn't
2: the boss back to four (laughs) yeah back to well that's all i have for innovations is there anything Uh, Talon? absolutely like the The whole chapter his whole chapter chapter is yeah you do some fighting you do some walking around talking to people but it really is all about managing the store Mm -hmm. uh you sell items to people who come into your store and are like i want this sword for this much money and they give you that money and then like you've done your job and like it's just incredible. Like it's just about it's about
1: raising money. You technically yeah. I know I watch like speedruns of it and you technically don't have to fight in that chapter. You just no. have to earn enough money to buy your own weapon shop. You can also
0: acquire a rare weapon. The odds are against you, but mm-hmm. they yeah. can come in with a a weapon that is overpowered for where you are in the game and then you just keep it. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm not selling
2: this back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's totally it's a cautery sword. They, man, they wouldn't do anything like that in an American released RPG for a long time. Like any kind of like, here's an alternate way to play this game, you know. And that's like stuff that like happens all the time in like indie games nowadays. Like you know your, um, mm-hmm. you know your Undertales or whatnot, where it's like you know forces you to think from a different perspective. Basically, right. this is like the first I think instance of American audiences getting that from a console RPG. Mm -hmm. I've
0: long wanted to have a game where you play a JRPG shopkeeper. Mm -hmm. And I know some of them exist, but largely the real premise of the game is you go adventuring to stock up your store as opposed to actually running the store. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a way to make an indie game where you really are the shopkeeper and the adventurers that are saving the world come through
2: your shop. I think one exists on the 3DS. I'll have to look into that. Get back with you on that
1: and there's something yeah i have to look into it too there's something on steam where you play it almost reminds me of an atelier game but again with not the adventuring i think it exists
0: i i hope it exists yeah. <laughs> i feel like it should exist i would be interesting in giving that a shot just as a different experience yeah. well if that's all we've got then it's chris's yeah. moment to shine yeah oh
2: i get to talk about the art no i'm just kidding well, let's talk about the music of Dragon Quest IV,
0: which is so different than the music of Dragon Quest one, two, three, five, six. This
1: is 7. the dark and gritty reboot. <laughs> so
0: let's move into the music.
2: Okay, so the music of Dragon Quest Four. The joke here is that the music of Dragon Quest is is very consistent, uh, and that's you know due to Koichi Sugiyama being up until recently the composer of the whole series, and you know he well I guess we're gonna talk about him separately, but anyways, yeah, for this game it's really really interesting though to like kind of go from because the the compositional quality. It's coming from a composer, an actual composer of film music, classical music, who had 20 years of experience prior to the first Dragon Quest. Like, he started in the 60s. So, you know, this is a seasoned veteran of music who has been composing for these 8-bit systems for three chapters now. And so it's really interesting to see not the evolution of the compositions themselves, but what kind of technological advances had been made on you know the same system that the first dragon quest is on uh because you know that game great compositions but you know very very basic uh this one as soon as you load it up and you hear like the dun, 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 you know like this mm-hmm. huge fanfare of like arpeggios and stuff coming in like this whole other sequence of notes and stuff like that just like barreling in and you just hear like this really fleshed out version of this eight-bit theme that you recognize And then you're just like, that's a really good moment. So as far as like the music in the game goes, I argue that this might have the most memorable battle theme of any of the Dragon Quests. And uh, I can't quite put my finger on it, but it's just like the, as bombastic as it is, and just like these chromatic runs, the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, those little gallops that like come back and forth. I don't know. It's just like, it's such a cool theme, and it's so different from, you know basically everybody else's attempts at like prog rock, you know, whatever. It's like, this is like actual classical and it's like just Stravinsky like, and it's, you know, being just overly complicated compositionally speaking. So yeah, there's a lot of impressive stuff here. But then when you come down to it, like what it really kind of boils down to is that there's different uh, overworld themes, which is great, uh, including the Ragnar one, which is reminiscent of the first overworld Mm -hmm. theme.
1: That's what I was going to point out. My favorite thing about the music in this game is that there's different themes for each character.
2: Exactly. And even though you have, like, the same, like, kind of castle themes and town themes and stuff, it's, like, there are enough different things that happen that really underscore, like, the different um, places that you find yourself with different people. And uh, and it goes even further that, you know, each kind of, like, Alina has kind of a, a different theme and, you know um I especially has, a, like, has his own theme. Yeah, he
1: has his own theme. I especially liked Maya and Mina's. Yes. That was yeah. the real standout. Exactly.
2: And they all sound like kind of from different parts of the world, mm-hmm. even though you can't quite place them. Uh, but, you know, of course, the DS version helps to kind of you know, they give them accents and, like, they really kind of drive home that these are different people who speak different languages and they're from different places. That Mina
1: and Maya battle theme always... Yeah, that's really good. (laughs) ...pumped me up in a way that other other ones didn't.
2: Yeah, that one's really good. It's, like, a kind of almost a... Not a flamenco, but, like... Yeah,
1: it feels like they're dancing. Yeah,
2: it's a a dancing theme instead of, like, you know... You know, like a driving, like, war theme. So, yeah, you get... Like you the music helps you give more of a sense of the characters than even the writing does. And I feel like that was a good accomplishment. Um, the only real other thing I'll say about it is that I think the ending theme to this game, like the ending and the credits, is one it's one song. It's just under 10 minutes. I believe it's the longest non-repeating song on the NES in the entire wow. library. I could be wrong, but I know that Neil Baldwin's songs tend to be on the long side. They can be up to five to seven minutes before they loop. But this is, like, the entire ending and credits are one continuous thing, and it goes for just about ten minutes, and then that's the end. Wow. And it's fantastic. Like, uh, you won't ever, like, if you just listen to, like, Dragon Quest ending theme, like, you put that into YouTube or Zofar or something like that, you'll get the three-minute and two-second version. Seek out the actual ending, and that's like 10 minutes or so in order to hear this whole song it's actually kind of hard to find (laughs) good to know yeah and it's yeah it's amazing
0: well let's go ahead and move on to our final thoughts
1: so final thoughts is it um this game is great it's just great. It's great for an NES game and just great for a Dragon Quest game. I like the chapter system. I like the personality that that adds to the characters. Uh, like we talked about in the music section, I like the different battle themes and overworld themes. I also like that in, even though it's not practical in the final chapter, you can just put those characters from that chapter in your party and you can get your overworld and battle theme back from that chapter so if you want to hear mina and maya's theme then you just put just them in your party and you get it back very cool i definitely yeah i definitely love this game i i um yeah it's just it's fantastic i don't really know what else to say it's dragon quest
2: chris uh yeah this is definitely my favorite of the four nes dragon quests uh by a long shot i It's the only one I played on DS so far, though, Uh, so I can't say anything there. But no, this game was a really good experience. Um, When I streamed through it, you know, I found some parts of it a little bit irritating, and I can't even remember why. I was just like, you know, that's, that's all Dragon Quest games to me. I think that this game just super excels at showing where RPGs could go at a time before any of them got even, like, near that, you know, like... Because I know Final Fantasy IV was kind of like the one that set the template for American-based RPGs. But, you know, it, yeah, I just really, really enjoy that Dragon Quest IV went for so much in building its own world, like with its people and stuff like that, instead of just being a, an outfit to get from point A to point B, you know. So I, I really super respect this one, and it's, it's like in my top three of all Dragon Quests. So there we go
0: so i have said i already said in this review even when i say i'm a fan of dragon quest i mean starting with four uh it's it is a turning point in the series for me i think it's great uh i give it an a and the only reason it's not getting an a plus is because i know five is coming and five is just, (laughs) just just that much better but it is definitely it's it's a great experience playing through the game i find it comforting uh i find it relaxing it's easy to sit back and enjoy this game. So uh, many kudos to this game just for sheer enjoyability. Russ, if they want to play Dragon Quest four.
1: Oh, you've got a lot of options. You can play, I mean, you can play it on your phone. Yeah. Um, it, it There's the NES version. There's the DS version. There's the phone version, which is essentially the same as the DS version. It might be on Steam, I think. Maybe they're on Steam now. I don't know. I, I, I really,
2: I don't think so. But I don't know. Go look.
1: Go look. Everybody, open Steam. I, <laughs> <laughs> Check and see if the Dragon Quest. I on hope there. it is,
2: because then that'll mean it'll come out on Switch as well. Yeah, I can get it.
1: Yeah, it, yeah. It's 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 pretty pretty readily available.
2: And in Japan, they remade it on the PlayStation. Mm,
1: they uh, did. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, let's go ahead and do some quick plugs for media. Russ, I'm going to share a plug with you, if that's okay. Oh, sure. Can we do a plug together? We
1: can do a plug together. I want to Unless I abjectly, like, don't believe in whatever you're plugging. I want to talk
0: about our favorite online Canadian comedy troupe.
1: Oh, sure. Yes. Loading Ready Run. Yeah, Loading Ready Run. Loading Ready Run is... A- Hi, Adam. Hi, Ben. <laughs>
0: okay. Loading Ready Run is, like I said, an online Canadian comedy group. They have been making Hi, videos Kathleen. since the early 2000s. Uh, I watched them in college. About five, six years ago, they went from making sketch videos to Twitch streamers.
1: Mm-hmm. It's weird that they've been around for, I mean, I know they've been around for that long, but I didn't know about them until you introduced me to them, what, like two or three years ago? Something like Maybe that. Maybe three years ago, something like that. And yeah.
0: Uh, they so on Twitch it's loading ready run. They stream something almost every day of the week, uh, sometimes multiple times a day because it's a large group of people. So they all just stream the things that they're interested in. Right. And similarly, if you're going to enjoy it, you know, find the stuff you like and just yeah, watch you that. can
1: find something in. Loading My ready
0: personal run. favorites are watch and play, which is where uh, Graham finds garbage horrible games and forces alex to play them without knowing what they are and alex has to suffer through them it's a little like mystery science theater for video games Mm -hmm. Uh, i also like loading ready live which is they do like a live variety show uh once a month so i've seen every episode of those two what do you like
1: you know what i like i like let's nope where ben and adam play horror games and make fun of them hi hi ben hi adam and um, I'm really enjoying Kathleen's uh, Play It Forward, where they play a whole game from beginning to end. It's, it's different people playing different games. And right now, Kathleen is playing Shin Megami Tensei Five. And this
0: is also, and we'll probably do a little announcement about this later, but this is also the group that does Desert Bus every year, mm-hmm. which Russ and I love. I take... A Desert Bus for Hope. Yes. Charity it, stream. They play the world's worst video game, Desert Bus. And the more money they raise, the longer they have to play it, 24-7 until basically they... So the first hour of play costs a dollar. The next hour costs a dollar and seven cents, and it keeps going up at about... It's either 12 or 7% each time. Mm -hmm. And eventually they reach a point where it would take the GDP of a small country to keep them going for another day. So they tend, it tends to run for about a week. I take the whole week off work. Russ comes into town, mm-hmm. and we glue ourselves to the couch. Yeah. Uh, they, they do skits, and they, they do requests, and guests come in, and they do giveaways and auctions, and it's a really good time. So yeah, we're plugging Loading Ready Run. Go find them on Twitch. It, they're a good time.
1: They're great. Yep.
0: Chris, did you want to plug something?
2: Yeah... Okay, yeah, so what I would like to plug is the Mad Gear, which is a video game cover group that, uh, I've recently been getting more into them lately, but what I love about them is that their YouTube presence is amazing. They do a music video for every song that they put out, basically, and a lot of them are, like, music videos filmed outside of, like, a public storage, but, like, in really good quality (laughs) with, like, real dancing and stuff. It's amazing. And they recently did one called the Mad Gear 64 where they covered uh, the damn music from GoldenEye. Nice. And they did it in N64 style. That is to say, one of them actually created like N64 graphics for the entire band and did an entire video. And <laughs> wow. I really recommend people check it out. Nice. Yeah. Sounds like a great time. All right. So join us next time
0: for Seventh Saga.
2: Yes.
1: But we didn't play sagas one through six.
0: (laughs) I know. I'm breaking my own rules. Good. Because (laughs) they don't exist. At last. All right. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye.
2: on the rng is a presentation of mad centaur productions you can find jeff on youtube at youtube.com slash centaur productions or on twitter at jeff centaur you can find russ on twitter at russmac mac 25 you can find chris on twitch at twitch.tv slash liar exaggerate or on twitter at enrich flavor thank you for listening and remember to save your game before powering off this podcast
1: bleep, bloop, bloop. <laughs> bleep, 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 bleep. I am Anne Haish, and I am a reptile, and this is my alien language. Now, I don't know what's happening to me. <laughs> I don't know what that <laughs> was. And I'm scared. Hey,
0: everybody. Oh, God. <laughs> I was
1: testing the microphone, and that was my way to do it.
0: It's always nice when we have bloopers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mouth noises. No, I meant the squids from Mario so I could throw them
1: at you. <laughs> They would make, they would go. That's the blooper noise.
2: Always wanted to be on an NPR program. (laughs) The blooper noise is a
0: bloop bloop. It's in the name. (laughs)
2: Bloop, bloop, bloop. Hey, everybody. Hold for applause. Hi, Dr. Nick. Yeah. I'm really done now. But hang on. Give me a little bit of an edit break here so I don't want to mess up the name.
1: So I says to Mabel, I says. <laughs> <laughs> <hums> <hums> It's a band,
2: and I think I got their name, but boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and pants and boots and pants and. Okay, I'm ready. Oh, yeah. okay.